Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. From roommates to co-hosts, this is The Back Check with Brendan Azoff and Stefan Rosner, your go-to destination for New York hockey and NHL news. And now it's time to drop the puck. Here are your hosts, Brendan Azoff and Stefan Rosner. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Back Check, episode 39, and we are back. The conference finals officially are done. The Stanley Cup finals start tonight. I know that, Stefan, you had a, a tough one there to swallow in Game 7. The Islanders gave it a run for their money, but in the end, we're talking about a Bolts team that might go down as one of the greatest hockey teams ever assembled. They are just very dominant, especially once they got over that hump in the postseason. And they're facing off against a Montreal Canadiens team that might be the biggest underdog to reach the Stanley Cup Finals since the eighth seed LA Kings did it. I mean, is that a stretch? I think that that might be accurate. So how you doing today? It's been a while since we had an episode, but we're back in the swing of things. And got Stanley Cup Final Hockey on tonight. Can't get better than that. 48 hours since the end of my life. Um, I'm, 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 I'm doing much better. Uh, my voice is still trying to, I guess, get back to full strength after all the games of the Coliseum. It just took a toll. I think that's why I'm still under the weather, to be quite honest. But, uh, yeah, it was tough. We got Stanley Cup hockey tonight. Go Habs, go. I mean, I think that's, that's what most Islander fans are leaning towards because I'm not one of those fans. I don't know how you feel. If the team that beat me wins, I don't like to say, well, the team that beat me won the whole thing. So I think that is the dumbest dumbest thing to say. I think that, listen, you're an enemy with that team. I don't went against the Lightning. I don't think anyone is rooting for the Lightning to win it all now. You want to see them get punished by the, the Canadians and the Canadians. And like you said, I don't think it's a stretch at all. They're the biggest underdogs is the Kings. It might be more of an underdog given the fact that they put in a division. You know, again, no one played outside of their own division. They played in a North division that was pretty weak defensively. It wasn't really a 
when you think of playoff hockey, where it's defense first base, you know, the, that kind of play, that that division probably had the least amount of teams ready for that. We saw what happened. We saw Toronto couldn't get it done. That's not a team that's built for the playoffs, in my opinion. They're built for a regular season the same way we thought the Lightning were built for a regular season when they fell apart to Columbus and got swept a couple of years ago. Then we got great hockey this playoffs. Let's not even talk about the officiating. It was probably worse than it's ever been. I don't. I really don't remember it being that bad. But the playoff hockey that we got leading up to the Stanley Cup Finals now. I mean, this is why NHL hockey is the greatest professional sport league because you look at the Canadians and in other sports, there's no way uh, the last seed into the postseason is making it to the finals. It just never, never happens. It doesn't happen often. But in hockey. You know, you finish the season as the number one team, you very rarely make it to the Stanley Cup Finals. And if you do, you very rarely win. It doesn't happen often. That's why it's it's just a great league. There's a big unpredictability factor uh, in hockey in comparison to other sports. And I think that when we sit down, right, and we did it too. I mean, we're guilty of it. It's not like we're immune to what other people are doing. But whenever somebody starts to analyze, oh, this team, X and Y, reasons why they're going to get to the Stanley Cup Final. We looked at Montreal and we both overlooked them. And why? Because we didn't anticipate that Carey Price was going to get red hot and that this team would have that kind of destiny feel to it that they have right now. And I think that when you watch some of these Stanley Cup teams that have achieved that goal, forget the defensive zone, offensive zone, neutral zone, all the X's and O's that goes into it. There's just a factor of confidence in the locker room where if you feel like you're going to win, odds are you're going to be that team that wins. And right now Montreal let all that talk outside stay outside, and they won one game, took it to the next, and now all of a sudden they're riding high, even though they are probably the least talented team out of this whole field. They're still the team that's going to be representing that North Division, that side of the bracket in the Stanley Cup Final. And I think you nailed it when you said, you know, they, they kept the talk and chatter outside the locker room. And it's also, they didn't look ahead. You think about the Toronto series, and now we're obviously – media fan perspective, but I guarantee Toronto Maple Leafs went into that series going, all right, so next round we're playing X. You know, I, Montreal was period by period, game by game. I think that's when they were able to take down Toronto. They were able to take down teams that no one really thought they would be able to do it, and they've done it all the way up to the Stanley Cup Finals, and now it's like, okay, it's the Lightning. Period by period, shift by shift. That's the only way you beat the Lightning. If you think ahead of anything else but what's happening in front of you, they will beat you left and right because their offense is too good, their defense is very good, and Vasilevsky is the greatest goalie in the league. So to beat them, you got to be in the moment each time. For the Canadians, I mean, overtime winners, they found a way to convert good defense and great goaltending into offense. You know, those, this is not this Montreal Canadiens team wasn't one of those teams that went into the playoffs going, okay, they're going to score four or five goals a game and just light it up. They're not going to. But they've done something similar to what the Islanders have done is when they get their scoring chances, which might be higher than the Islanders because Canadians offense did come alive this postseason, but they're executing. Bad mistake yep. in overtime. They're executing. They're making you pay. And that's a dangerous thing when you're going to a team against the Lightning because they don't make mistakes often. And the Islanders generate from their mistakes, but they game winning goal in game six, turnover by Coleman right in front. There was little plays like that where the Islanders jumped on the puck, scored big goals. That's why I think this Canadiens team can win this cup because the Lightning are going to make mistakes. That's going to happen. And Montreal has been one of those teams this postseason that has made pretty much every mistake an opponent's made count, and it's ended up in the back of the net, and they've won those games. So, I mean, we go all over predictions. It's, it's tough to predict. I really don't want to. I know it's going to be a great series. We're not going to see the Lightning dominate to a 4 nothing sweep. I don't think we're going to see any team truly dominate. But 
you know, I think it's going to go six or seven, and I really wouldn't be surprised if Montreal lifts the cup when it's all said and done. I wouldn't be surprised either at what we've seen. The one thing I'll say is that that surprise factor that they've had in the first three rounds is gone now, right? You, you get past Toronto, people go, oh, Toronto's a whatever. That's not a great team. They've had a history of postseason failure. So Montreal just played well. Okay, they were still overlooked. Then they got to Winnipeg, and they dominated Winnipeg, but Winnipeg lost Mark Shifley, so people were still not giving them the credit. Then you get to Vegas. Vegas was consensusly favored to win that series. Not even and close. I thought that yeah, it wasn't even close. And Vegas played well. Carey Price was the better goaltender in the series, and Vegas kind of underperformed, I guess, to what their standard of play is. And Montreal, like you said, took advantage, but they still took OT to do it. So now you go and you're like, okay, they're good. Like, this is a good Montreal team. The difference is Tampa Bay, I don't think, is overlooking them anymore because this is for the Stanley Cup. So regardless, you know you're going to get your best from your opponent. You're going to have to give your best. So I'm, I'm going to likely eat my words on this, okay, because it, it probably will go long. I think it's going to be a very short Stanley Cup final. Really? I, I don't see it. I think that – when I look at what Tampa Bay did last season, granted it was in the bubble, I'm not really putting much weight into that as we've talked about, but how they shut down Dallas, who was coming off a big series win, and just minimized everything. They've had three straight shutouts in series clinching games. Uh, it, it's just I, – I just don't see any way that they, A, overlook Montreal, B, can't find a way to beat Carey Price, and C, let Montreal do what they do. And I think Montreal's shorthanded chances and what they were able to do on the penalty kill, Vegas didn't score a power play goal. No, they didn't. It's crazy. You, you, can't, you can't do that to Tampa Bay. And I will yeah. gladly record a show with you and admit that I'm wrong if they do do it to Tampa Bay. No. That's, a, that's a different power play. Like Vegas' power play is okay, but they were never dominant. Tampa's power play with Kucherov's at 40%. Yeah, well, this is what I'll say. This is a few things looking at this series. One, this Tampa offense obviously is unreal, and that's including their defensive players stepping up and playing, you know, pretty much as a fifth or fifth offensive player. But Montreal shut down Vegas' top line. Mark, Mark Stone's line could not do anything. And I'm not, you know, we can compare oranges to apples. They're different styles, different play. But those are elite forwards that Montreal pretty much said – get lost. You can't do anything against us. The biggest thing for me, and I think obviously Kucherov being healthy, he's got broken ribs. It's it's He played through it in Game 7. It was a real shocker, but he did play through it. Now, you don't know how his health is going into the Stanley Cup Finals, but I think the biggest thing for me is Steven Stamkos. You look early in that series against the Islanders, and you t- I think you texted me and said, Steven Stamkos playing, and I hadn't even thought about him. And then he goes and scores two goals in one game, and that was an 8 nothing shellacking. I was at the Islanders' watch party for that to not stay long. Um, <laughs> I just couldn't have been. It was, it was demoralizing. But Stamkos is healthy for the first time in a very long time. And now, again, no one's 100% healthy at this point of a postseason. But that, that before that he scored those two goals in that game, the, the press asked him, like, are you healthy? And he's like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm great. He just needed a goal. He just needed a score. He needed a confidence booster. And if Stamkos is healthy now, Going into Stanley Cup Finals again. Last year, he wasn't healthy. He played, what, he played one shift in the postseason, scored, and got off the ring and never played again. I think that's what happened. So, I mean, he's healthy now, and he's confident. That's tough, because Stamkos, again, we know from where his spot is on the rink, he is unreal from that spot. But also, he's the captain of this team. He's on the ice for this team in the 
biggest moment. And I don't think when you know go back into your point, you know, lightning overlooking teams, I don't think that Lightning and John Cooper could ever overlook a team after what Columbus did to them. I think they pretty much go into every series knowing Alright, it's never going to be easy. We have to play Alley and we're going to lose. The Islanders played their game in a couple of games and they got fortunate, yes. But the Lightning would say they, had, they didn't play their best effort in those losses and that's not, not crediting the Islanders, just if the Islanders play their game, the Lightning can't play theirs. And once the Lightning were able to play their game, we saw it in the 8 nothing game. They're unstoppable. They truly are. And I think go, against Montreal, it's going to be crazy. Those are two really good teams, the Lightning and Islanders. Yeah. And the Lightning getting to that conference final was a breeze for them. And they played some very solid teams. Right? <laughs> yeah. like they played slouches. And John Cooper said, you know, this was the most difficult first two rounds we've had uh, since I've been a coach here, which was hysterical considering they only lost like five games. Um, not, no, they only lost three games. They were 11-3 and three or 8-3, and three, and then they were going on this run. And it, it was just a joke how you could say that's difficult when they made it look so easy, especially against a Carolina team that was the best – one of the best teams in the whole entire league. Um, yeah, but those Carolina games, those were one goal. Those weren't. They won them in. They won them. They, they found the ways to win. Yeah. yeah. The 2 like 1 game won. is because they just kept the puck and dominated, but it's still 2 1. Anything right. can happen. Yeah. But for him to say those are like, this is the most challenging first two rounds and they're boasting a record like that, you realize that they're a good team because I don't think he's being facetious there. He's being honest. Yeah. And then he went to play the Islanders. And the Islanders have a way, as we've seen it the last two seasons, where if they shut you down, they shut you down. And no matter how good you are, you can't do it. Personally, I think that Montreal is playing a similar style to the Islanders, but they're not at that level. The only reason they're succeeding is because of Price. So I, as somebody that's watched Price play my favorite team in the Rangers numerous times in the postseason, the one time the Rangers – they beat him in six to go to the cup. He was hurt. And then we had the Kreider thing where he was tripped. We're not going to get into that. But if you can beat him early, you can give yourself a confidence boost where you realize he's not human. If the first game goes to Montreal's plan where they win like two to one and price looks really good. If you keep building his confidence, that's not good. The Rangers, when they went into Montreal and beat the Canadian thing, it was like seven to one in the first game. They got price pulled for Peter Budai. <laughs> that's how you that's how you get into his head and that's what Tampa's gonna have to do. And nobody's been able to do it yet to Carey Price. Well we know for a fact Carey Price is gonna have to be the Carey Price this whole entire series if they want to have a chance. The same way Volomov have to be Vesna Caliber Volomov to give the Islanders a chance and he did he, he, was. he did he his was. part. I don't even take into consideration his three goals he lab before the end of the first in that E nothing game because first off, two of them were unfortunate bounces and third the Islanders hadn't weren't playing hockey. They, they just weren't playing yeah. hockey that game. That was, you know, and it's not no, a bomb. No, but Carey Price is going to have to be the brick wall that Carey Price has been. He's trying to, you know, make a name for himself. He's, of course he has, but this is part of making a legacy right now. You know, when we talk about Carey Price and Lundqvist, they're, they're always the ones comparing to each other. And it's okay. Both of them never won a cup. Now, Carey Price is, has the ability to do that. While Lundqvist, will he play next year? Maybe. Is he going to be have a big role? Probably not. And chances of winning a cup are very, very slim. This is a moment Carey Price has been waiting for for a long time. They're, they have a chance to win a cup. He's, he's a chance to cement his legacy as one of the greatest goalies of all time if he wants to be up there. You know, different different decades, you know, different style of hockey. But I mean, Carey Price is going against the biggest, the fastest, the strongest players. And he's up there, what is he, 33, 34? He's not getting any younger. I don't know how many chances, he, I don't know how many chances he's going to have left. Now, this Canadiens team, you could say he's on the rise. Sure. They had some key acquisitions, Corey Perry, Eric Storm. I mean, they have guys that have come in and stepped up and played big roles. But, you know, again, it's not guaranteed. And everyone asked me, why do you go to so many of these Islander games? You spend so much money. 
like, why'd you do it? And in my head, it's okay. Just because they made it to the conference finals last year, they made it this year. That has no bearing on if they're going to make it next year. I mean, this division, we talked about it the other day, but I mean, this is a, it's, there's no guarantee. It's, it's NHL. The Islanders can miss the playoffs yeah. next year. Doesn't, there's no, there's no signs that say they can be able to improve at the salary cap. They'll be able to keep some guys. But, there's, you know, you don't know. So, for Carey Price, he has the, the opportunity right now to cement his legacy and also bring Montreal a cup. You know, I mean, we, they would have 32 Stanley Cups in their history, but it's been a long time coming for another yeah. one. So, now's the time. But I, I do want to speak about Cole Caulfield because, you know, Thank. watching, watching, <laughs> watching I'm not comparing these two players. I'm just saying just watching them is – you know, when, when Mark Barzal first came up and he had the puck on his stick, it was like, everybody sit down, you have to watch. You, you just have to watch. And I'm on my TV, and every time Cole Caulfield has the puck, something something is going to happen that's going to be insane. I know you've had talks on Twitter about the Capo, the Caco stuff. People are not a fan of that. But um, watching this guy play, and, and his size as well. You know, this is a small kid, laying hits, making sick moves, scoring some big-time goals, confidence level all-time high. And, I mean, We've seen players come from college and go into the postseason and do some great things. Like, Cal McCarr stands out. I remember him scoring his first goal in the playoffs and just the way he did. Chris Kreider. Chris Kreider, yeah. I feel like Chris Kreider every year was just called up for the playoffs. In my memory, I remember he's terrible. But first, first two years, yes, and he went off. Yeah, but the confidence level we're seeing in Cole Caulfield right now, I just – just the passing, the scoring, everything he's doing is just – the Montreal Canadiens fan base must be loving this. They are. And speaking of the fan base, I think it's an absolute travesty that this arena is not full right now. Yeah. And I don't know if you saw the, the image on social media of it's like cheaper to go fly to Tampa from Montreal, go to games one and two, and fly home than it is to just go to game three. Which <laughs> <laughs> is just ridiculous. Canadians love their hockey. But like... When I when I go back to the the Rangers runs right, and they were always clashing with Montreal. That arena was awesome. I love the Bell Center, right? I'm not a Canadian fan at all. I hate the Canadians. But when you watch a game there, they got the fire going on the ice, right? You got the two kids skating around. The whole arena is buzzing. Like that's just playoff hockey epitomized right there. And I think that the fact that they are making this run, their first Cup appearance is '93, I think it is, and there's only like 3,500 people there. It stinks. I wish this building was rocking because it would be a completely different atmosphere. But Caulfield is a stud. And my Kako tweet was not to say that Kako won't be good. It's yeah. to say that if put him in this position right now, because everyone's fast. argument with Kako is always, okay, he hasn't been given the opportunity. And he hasn't, right? That's why Quinn's fired, okay? Let's leave that there. But if you put him into what Caulfield's doing right now, big stage, given he's not playing a ton of minutes either. He's playing when he has to. And he's scoring skilled goals. Do you think Kako does that? My answer, maybe on a minimal level, but not to this level yet. And that's not to speak to Kako being a bust, right? That's to speak to that he hasn't shown that consistent flash of skill because there's been moments where he does look really damn good. And he's been able to play better defensively, which is great. You need that. You need a two-way forward. He's been able to control the puck. But in the end, you don't draft somebody number two overall unless you think they're going to score in this National Hockey League. You don't draft somebody number two overall to be a third-line defender type forward. I'm sorry. You don't do that. That's what the second round, third round, fourth round, fifth round, sixth round, seventh round are for. So will he be good? I do think Kaka will pan out. Is he showing that skill that Caulfield's showing right now? Absolutely not. I mean, Caulfield was a 15 overall pick too. And it's just, again, he's been given 
a chance to play, play big minutes, and succeed. I mean, he had four goals and an assist in this six-game series against Vegas. His one assist was the game-winning goal overtime assist when he was in the corner and passed to the car. I mean, it was just... <laughs> it was just what he did. Which might be one of his best plays of the whole playoffs. Best plays. Goal or not goal. His awareness, first off, to fight and get that puck and to not even think about it and just go right across the crease. I mean, it, it's brilliant hockey by, by Caulfield. And, again, just go, it just Tampa wins the Stanley Cup, right? The talk's going to be $18 million over the cap. Well, they didn't cheat the system. They found a loophole. And, but do you think... Lightning do win the cup. That in the next, you know, CBA talks or whatever it is, they're going to figure out a way for that not to be the case and make some new rules. Or do you think that, hey, it is what it is. They have a loophole. They're not going to change it. Other teams can do that loophole as well. I mean, if you think about it, it's not a loophole they wanted to take. I mean, they wanted Kucherov out the whole entire season. I mean, what they finished third in that division. They yeah, they finished third, um, but it was a close third. And I, it's not like the loophole's not available to everyone else. I mean, the team they played in the conference final, the Islanders, were in it a little bit with the boy chuck. Exactly. So it, it's not like they were the only team. The Islanders, 7 million compared to 17. It's a super, the, the, fact is that, <laughs> the fact is that you got a superstar back in the postseason. You got a superstar. I didn't play all year. Didn't have the wear and tear. And he came in. And if he didn't play well, no one would be talking about. The fact that he was leading the playoffs and goals and was scoring an obscene rate and making key plays to point who just – tapped it in every time on the power play. I mean, it was just, it's because Kucherov showed up this postseason and, well, 18 million over the cap, is that too much? Should there be a limit? Well, I think <sighs> that there should be a number, right? Like a set number where you could go X amount over the cap once the postseason starts because those guys come back and it's fair because injuries happen in this league. You can't not account for them. But at 18 million seems high, like you said. So maybe at 8 million, you say, okay, you have to pay an X amount of luxury tax. Right, because that way that there's a you have something now in place where if a team can afford the luxury tax, they might be able to do it. But no team's going to want to lose and dig into their pockets more than they have to. So you you be more cautious with it. I think that's what has to be implemented. But I mean, we got we don't have too much time left, so I want to talk about two things. Right, we got some New York sports. Right, so you got the Islanders. I want to talk about their cap situation since we're on the topic of cap, and I want to talk about the Rangers kind of hired a new coach. Um, you know, Gerard Gallant might have heard of him, took Vegas to a cup in his first year. So, you know, I'm not saying anything, but he's got a good first year track record. So if you want to have a nice little profit, maybe toss that on the blue shirt. Well, he's got a great track record and then he didn't get back to them and then he got fired. So and then he got fired midway through a season where they were in like third in the division and after he got fired, <laughs> they ended up being in first. So I think uh, we can start with the uh, Rangers because, you know, I want to talk more about the Islanders cap because that's interesting. But this is, it's just, they hired Gallant, right? I mean, it's the best guy available, best guy for the job. They made the right choice, which is comforting because this was the first big move of Drury's tenure. So I'm glad he didn't go off the record here and, and find somebody else that people, like kind of like what Seattle did, where everyone thought they were taking Rick Tockett and they wound up going to Dave Haxtell. But yeah. it, it's, it's a solid move. I liked what he said. If you didn't, well, no one was able to watch his press conference because the Rangers don't realize that social media exists, but they, they asked him, you know, about the youngsters. And he said, you can't bury your talent on the fourth line, which was a direct shot at Quinn, even though Quinn didn't really bury his talent on the fourth line. He just didn't play them like they were on the lines that they were supposed to be on. So that's comforting. He's a good coach, right? He'll do his job. And, And that's all I'll say because 
anything else at this point is premature and not backed up. Yeah, I mean, Gargon's a great choice. Uh, it's, it's, about, it's really about the Rangers taking that next step, and is he the best person to put this, uh, this Rangers team in a chance to make the postseason? But we will, we'll get to the Islanders now because they have some issues. And, again, Cap is not too kind to many teams. But there's, an op- there's a chance here that Casey Zekas is no longer back with the Islanders. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Shopify presents cool sheets from aha to lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat induced insomnia. That was my aha moment. Bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible. Signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoice. Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. And for Islanders, more than a chance. It's more than a chance because he's going to be on the watch by a lot of teams for what he does because he kills penalties. He kills penalties. He wins face-offs. He hits. He pretty much does everything you want in a hockey player. And he's shown in the past he can score goals. Now, He's a couple of seasons away from when he scored 20-plus goals, and it was a big year for him, a career year. He's dealt with injuries, but he's healthy. He looked great in the postseason, and there are teams like the Rangers who could use him on that line, and unfortunately, that would truly suck to see him go there. Now, the question becomes, you heard in the media yesterday, the Sunday Islanders had their exit interviews, and every player was asked. So, what do you you know, Sezikis might be leaving. What What do you think about that? Hey, we can't comment on the contract, but we love him here. We know where his heart is. Personally, think that he will sit down with Lamarillo, and Lamarillo will say, here, we want you back. Given our situation, as now, we can only offer you this. We'd love for you to consider this. We understand you deserve more, which he does. Again, I don't know how Lamarillo talks. I'm definitely not mimicking his conversations. But the Islanders know that he deserves more than what he's probably going to get. Now, the question is, how much does the Islanders mean to him? Is he willing to take a pick? The Islanders have to sign Pellick, who, yes, he deserves to throw whatever you need to throw at him that you can because, quite frankly, he, the only, I mean, it's just, it's absurd because he could ask for whatever he wants, and that's the Islanders' best defenseman right there. He deserves it. Now, in the I, grand scheme of things. I can't believe it. Yeah. What? I can't believe that Pellick's only making 1.6. <sighs> the Islanders got lucky. The Islanders got lucky that that's how much he took. I mean, one, it's going to go up. And the question is, how much goes up is solely on what contracts the Islanders can get rid of. I mean, they have some disgusting contracts that they need to get rid of, and it's going to be very tough to do that. And more often, you think of Ladd. I mean, just, just pay the guy to, to, to retire. 
do some. I mean, he's if, if I'm lad, why is he retiring? Because he's getting all his money. Why are you retiring? <laughs> and what about going on long to my art? Well, he's not going to do that. He's not hurt. Like there's, and that would help with the loophole, which we were talking about to relieve that cap. But it's going to be tough for the Islanders to get rid of cap space. They have Kyle Palmieri that said that he wants to be back with the Islanders. You have guys like Andy Green who are going to cost nothing to be your seventh defenseman, maybe even sixth, depending if Letty goes, because Letty was awful in that last game against in Game Seven, and he had a really bad year. Does he go in the expansion draft? That, I mean, that's the, really the biggest thing: is who's going to go in the expansion draft, whose contracts going to be taken off the hands, and what free agents do you bring back? Because you know the Islanders have a chance to improve if you count improving as you get Palmieri back, you have Lee coming back. So you're adding your captain back, your top line winger, who scores goals when he's there. He was off to a great start. You automatically make the offense better because it's not just primarily riding on to be that guy. It's Lee. So Lee comes back as well. That gets the honors better already. Now the question is, though, how much does Pelic need? Bavillier is an RFA. What are you going to do with terms on there? Is Bavillier going to get traded? I mean, I, I think, what do you say? Both, both of those are minimum. Minimum four million, and yeah. I think Bovillier is more likely to get four than Pelic is. Pelic's more likely to get more than that because if he just that. goes, if he just goes to any arbitrator and goes, look at the minutes I'm playing, look at the role I'm playing, uh, I'd I take one point six. I would just print out his hockey reference sheet and just staple it to the the judge's uh, chest because uh, yeah. no, you that's can't. A tough one. It, again, it's we're in such a bad spot financially for for many teams. But the honors, I mean, Pelic is a no-brainer. You're just giving him whatever you have to do. And if that means you have to sacrifice signing someone else, you have no choice. You're, but your team well, is based on defense. That's the thing, though. Their defense, so as good as the Islanders are, right, yeah. as good as I think they're going to be next year, it's not going to be easy because you just mentioned Pelic, right? So you give Pelic that contract. You're gonna, I would think you're going to keep Beauvillier. So now you have Palmieri, Zajac, Sizikis, and Del Cole, all free agents, right? And we I don't know how you can about, keep... We haven't talked about RFA, Ilya uh, Sorokin, either. But. Correct. And you know that Sorokin's going to get a deal, yeah. right? And now you have... Your goalies are protected. Now you have Anders Lee, no trade clause, can't be... Has to be protected. Brock Nelson, moderate, no trade clause, has to be protected. Eberle, same thing. Pajot, Pajot. same thing. Kam- Kamarov, same thing. <laughs> So then you're going to protect Barzal, which means you can only protect, I think, two other skaters at that point. Wallstrom doesn't have to be. No. So you're going to protect, I would think, Pulak and Pelik. Then you got Josh Bailey and Letty. And- so, so then they are picking from Letty, Mayfield. Um, which, again, he, ran a great, he had a great postseason. <sighs> yeah, it's... Matt Martin, Clutterbuck, Bailey, like... All these guys, you're, you're going to lose somebody. Out of all the teams in this expansion draft, I think the Islanders will lose a, the most valuable player to their team right now. Yeah, because every line has a valuable player. You look at who has the moderate no trade clauses, and it's sad because you look at Abramov moderate no trade clause is going to screw them. Yeah, but no, but I mean Barry Trotz loves them. So, I mean, who's a really screwed? Um, no, but that's the problem. You, you talk, Josh Bailey choking up in the, is the post-game conference after the loss in Game 7. I mean, showed how much he can. He's gotten his fair share of you-know-what from the Islanders fan base. They have the goal song that was there to mock him and turn into like a, 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 a praise for him. But that's, that's a guy that's been an Islanders' whole career. He could be gone. Look at Matt Martin coming back from Toronto. 
working his tail off, getting his long-term contract, well, longer-term four-year deal. Been a rock this whole entire season, what he means to be an Islander. He could be gone. The only one I really don't sympathize, Mayfield had a great postseason. He had an awful regular season, if you want to talk about the eye test, because statistically it was better than the year before. But in the postseason, he was the Islanders, one of his, their best defensemen. They lost Devon Taves last year. Dobson, to me, still a little shaky. His confidence was not really there in the, in the Tampa series, which was a little alarming after you know back-to-back scenes of playing postseason hockey. But if Mayfield's gone, you have a major hole on your back end. The only one I couldn't, I won't sympathize if he's gone is Nick Letty, just because, yes, he just turned 30. He's on the demise. And the, the question is, why would a team like Seattle take him? If I'm Seattle, yeah. I'm taking Mayfield. Did his prime. Not too old. He's shown this year that he could step up in the playoffs, and Seattle is probably going to be a team that's going to be on in, in the postseason. If you look at how Vegas handled it, they're probably going to mimic that a little bit. They're not going to get away with some of the stuff Vegas got, got in the way of, but... I mean, if I'm Vegas, I would take Mayfield. Again, that's me being, you know, as I don't want to see him take Martin, but Martin wouldn't be a terrible pick. You're going to have a young team probably. I might be wrong here. What? I think that moderate no trade clauses you can still protect or not protect. You have a choice. I think it's just a strict no movement. Okay, well, you know for a fact that Brock Nelson is getting protected. You know, so that means Leo, but see, the question is, though, you leave Leo available? He's not being taken. So well, I know it, it's tough. I I don't know who you because the other op, option is you're looking now who you're going to protect player standpoint, right? Like who's the most beneficial to your team? But if you want to keep Palmieri and you want to keep Pelic and Bovilia and all those guys on contracts, then maybe you let them take Jordan Eberle and say. Them. $5.5 million off the books. Do so it. now you're basically giving Pelic a contract by minimizing Eberle's. Listen, Eberle hasn't been the player that we all thought he was going to be when he came over here. I mean, he's had his streakiness. He's had his big moments. But in the grand scheme of things, this year especially, when Lee went down, it was just Barzal. Eberle did not pull his weight. And you're talking about it, players are going to leave this team that they don't want to see leave. Again, you talk about skill-wise, forget it. This is a unit. This team is a family. They've spoken about how close they were this year, the emotions. It's going to suck. It's going to suck. And, you know, but if, it's all about money, right? At the end of the day, hockey's a business. And if the owners want to improve, letting Everly go to to Seattle isn't a terrible thing because you have Wallstrom. Wallstrom comes back to the lineup. You could sign someone for cheap, like a Travis Ajax, if you had to. I don't think they will. Depends. If you want to stay for a lower cost deal, sure. But you have guys that you could put into this lineup that'll probably, you know, if you put Wallstrom on that top line with Barzal, I'm not saying that's going to be the case. He'll probably produce just as much or better than Eberle, and he's a younger guy. He's less cost. So it's really going to be interesting. And I know on future episodes, we'll really break down what's going on with Seattle, the, the rules, all that kind of stuff. It's just, it's that time of year where it's going to be really tough, a tough pair to swallow for a lot. Now, Speed of the Rangers for the expansion draft, who do you see them letting go? Is it clear-cut, or is it more of a really tough decision? It's clear-cut with who they're going to protect, and they don't really have to protect anybody. I mean, when you think about anybody on value to that team, they're all on entry-level contracts where they don't have to be protected. Like The fact that they could protect somebody without protecting Fox is... Like, it doesn't matter. They don't have to protect Lindgren. They don't have to protect Shesterkin. They don't have to, like, it's just could ridiculous you see, how. Could, sorry, could you see Crowder going? 
So I heard bits and pieces about that, and obviously they could decide to protect him or not, but it's a lot of money that comes off the books if Crowder goes. Well, Crowder would have to wave. He's got a monitor he's, he's or full? A, he's got a full no movement. So, um, so, so he can't even take it? No, not unless there was a deal worked out. But I, to me, who they're going to relinquish, and I know people are going to go crazy about this, but when you look at what they have, what they need, and who's played, right? Unless there's a big change, unless Gallant sees something that Quinn didn't, it looks like that they're going to lean towards Godier being given away than Howden. But to me, it would be Howden. I, I personally think you have to try to keep Blackball. I think that what he showed oh, last oh, year, what he showed for USA, but when you look at it in the grand scheme of things, the top nine is going to be solidified, especially if they make a trade. So Blackwell's role is going to be a fourth line. Do you think he has that same level of impact that he did? Is he that much of a, like, if he's a vocal in the locker room, if he's a great teammate, which it seems to be, keep him. He's not expensive. Protect him. He proved he could score. Howden hasn't proved he could do anything. So I, I don't understand that. But to me, it, it comes down to which one of those two younger players that doesn't have to be protected do the Rangers like and which one are they willing to see go? I think you have to see Blackwell come back and prove to you that he's not the same player he was this year. I think it's worth it because of, like you said, locker room guy, stands up, makes big plays, do whatever you need him to do on the ice. That's what he does. That's his job. It's going to be interesting, Brendan, Seattle draft, the, the actual It's just going to be an insane time for hockey. And again, tonight we kick off with the Stanley Cup final game one. I do want to talk about one thing before we're done, and that's the fact that tweets will now be displayed next to the Stanley Cup in the Hockey Hall of Fame, next to all those trophies. So you fans can get your tweet. It's not going to be on the trophy, even though that's what the headline pretty much said. Yeah, maybe I read it wrong. Anyway, but regardless, you can have tweets now next to the awards in the Hockey Hall of Fame. And next, like, next to the Stanley Cup could be your hashtag, go Habs, go, I love hockey. Like, and obviously that's not the one they're going to pick. But now fans have that opportunity to do that. I think it's... I don't, know, I don't know how much of a fan I am of that, just because that's sort of weird to me, and I think that you should keep the trophies by themselves. I don't think you should have someone going hashtag next to the Stanley Cup, the amazing trophy that it is, and then next to it, we'll hashtag, we won the cup, let's go, my favorite player is blank. I think that's just kind of a little unprofessional. Yeah, we'll see what they do. I mean, I haven't even seen this, so I don't know, but if you're a Rangers fan and you're like, I'm not going to watch the Stanley Cup final because nothing <laughs> pertains to me, just remember that one of these days the Norris Trophy is going to be getting handed out and you might want to be tuned in for that because it's Adam Fox and Bus, baby, and if he doesn't get it, I'm riding. Well, I'll tell you right now, if it's in New York, it's going to be Adam. Either way. What do you mean? Well, if it's not going to be Adam Fox, Adam Pellick's going to get it. So it's going to be an it's Adam. Norris. Oh. You're talking about best defenseman. Pelican could step it up and score 37 goals. You never know. No, I'm talking about this year's Norris. With oh. Fox, McCarr, or Headman. It's no, going to be should, during the cup final. It should be Fox. I mean, it's, it's, it's probably not going to be. It's going to be Headman. We all know it's going to be Headman. I will throw up. If it's McCarr, I can understand it. If it's Headman, there is no it's, justification. It's there is not an ounce of justification. Every single stat Fox is better in. The only thing that Fox is worse in, stat-wise, is height. That, that is legitimately the only stat. Hedman's taller and has more years. 
right. So before we go from ESPN to Rated R, we're going to end this show. So, Brendan, it's been a pleasure as always to talk to you. We'll definitely talk. Shorty, so guys, enjoy Montreal Canadiens Lightning Game 1. Fox North. Fox North. Tonight. Have a good one, guys. Fox North. The Back Check is your one-stop shop for NHL news and all things Rangers and Islanders. Thanks for sticking with us for this edition of The Back Check. Follow the show on social media. At- Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.